queen, why don't you go get your license? Because I did not like any realtor that was representing us. Mm-hmm. Why is that? They, I would give them my pre-approval, pre-ap- pre-approval, and they put me wherever they wanted me to go, yes. no matter what direction I gave. And um, even the contract that was sent over to us to review and sign, the pressure was there. Come on, highest and best is in the aisle. I need you to hurry up. Did you right. see it? Did you sign it? Sign it, sign it. Generic. And it was just like, sir, we never had a real consultation. I didn't even know a consultation was a part of the process yeah. until I became a realtor. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I thought there was something special about the realtor that did consultations. I didn't think that it was uh, a thing that everyone should be doing because I had several realtors prior to becoming a realtor and learned that that was one of the steps, you know, that you would want to do with the client. So never had a consultation, never went over what the contract looks like. Mm -hmm. So that pressure, I hate to be misguided or feel like I'm being misguided. Highlight some of the most creative and non-traditional ways to make money in real estate. We will showcase some of the world's greatest male and female real estate developers and teach you how you can make money by using the same strategies. Now it's time to develop. Here's your host, Charles Noonan. Podcast people, we are back. Welcome to another episode of The Land Bank Show, where we highlight dope individuals who make tons of money through real estate through non-traditional methods. Forget all that stuff you learned about real estate in school. This podcast is about people who did it through their own methods. So today we got Queen Ella, dope event planner, right? Sometimes we got a live audience. We got Queen Ella, dope event planner, right? Event thrower, because she's doing something special, right? The lineup is crazy. Realtor, developer, mother, author, and where is she from? Not Newark. She's from Newark. I right? <laughs> New Jersey. So Queen Ella, welcome. Uh, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm doing well. Thank you for coming. No problem. I'm All happy right. to be here. Yeah. So the reason I say it like that is that's how Newark people say it. Oh, Newark. They, yeah. There's such a pride in right. it. I went to school in New Jersey, uh, Caldwell University, and a lot of people the athletes and stuff were from Newark. So I got to learn a lot about New Jersey from my experience. Um, growing up in New York, going to school in New Jersey, it really does open your mind because they're two totally different worlds, right. but very similar in a lot of respect. Like Broad Street, Market Street. Uh, I think it's Market yeah, Street. Yeah, yeah. Broad downtown. Market. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they used to take me to get haircuts and, and buy sneakers and stuff. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so I, I got a little history. Oh, Snoop, you know what? I actually owned an office on Market Street. Oh, you did? I did. And like, I'm, I want to say the Prudential Building. Okay. Was there a Prudential yeah, Building? Yeah, it still there? is. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So I had an office. Is that on Market Street? <laughs> uh, Prudential Building. Yes. So you're talking about the Prudential going towards. See, I, this is me. I know landmarks. So back in the day, there was right. a Key Club. There was the Robert Tree Hotel. You used to go to the rooftop for the old white nice. party. So anything in that bubble, yeah, you yeah. probably had a lot of traffic if you were there. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So you man. saw a lot of the culture, the arts. Everything. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. I loved it. And and so different, but so similar. Yeah. Like the, the struggle, 
the poverty. Right. Now, the way it's changed now, yeah. it's the same thing. Like, we've we've grown almost at the same pace a little bit. Right, right. So, thank you for coming. Thank you Now, for that was my intro. I want you to introduce yourself to, to my audience because we haven't done a lot on social media. No. But I love what you do, and I want people to know a little bit more about you. Okay. So, I'm a mother mm-hmm. of three. My oldest is... He'll be 18 in January. So I have a big, big young man. I have a young man. Um, And my youngest is 11 years old. So I have two daughters and uh, a man child. Um, I am an author of a book, I Belong Here, Affirmations of a Realtor. So it's not about real estate, but it's just affirmations of a realtor. It shows a different side of me so you can really know who I am. I think sometimes people forget that when you... Identify or you walk around with a title and you see I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, right. I'm a, a, a businessman, they forget you're human too, right? Yeah. So I had to bring people back down <laughs> to not look at me as someone that doesn't make mistakes or right. um, is happy and positive all the time. There's a different side of me. So that's, yeah. I belong here. And I am, of course, a realtor, a public speaker. And in the past year, October, Eighth would make a, a full year. I've been an event coordinator, but someone else gave me a different title. They said, you're more than an event coordinator. You don't just put events together. You're a performance coach Ooh. because they see, they've seen me on site. And regardless of the, the, the level of, you know, the speakers that we have on stage, they mm. would see me behind stage. Like, listen, I need you to go up there, say this, do this. Make sure you position yourself here. Right. These, I want you to open up with this statement. You're Let's producing structure it. it. Yeah. So I'm nice. like, and then when they're done, I'm like, you did a good job. The only thing that I would have done differently is this. So next time we're going to do this. And it's like, <laughs> Queen, you're more than an event planner because right. you actually care about the development of these people that you're putting on stage. Nice. And whoever don't work. We may not see them again. So. Oh, that's true. It's so you make them better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I like what you said, too, about um, just showing the other side. And I think people don't. I think the. I think things are changing now back to where it's OK to be a person that makes mistakes. Right. It's OK to be a person that misses sometimes right. and that is human. Like you said, human is a, is a, is a word that's taken on so many different meanings now. Because I talk about my losses all the time and I just don't care because I know, like, I don't get fooled. I know everybody goes through stuff and whether you show up on, on the internet and everything is glossy and looks beautiful, I know how much work it takes just to do that. So I know there's some losses and some hardship in there. So that's one of the reasons I don't edit podcasts. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't edit I don't hide stuff. Right, when right, I right. go live, it be shaved sometimes, sometimes it not. It be it be dressed. It be sometimes, you know, from the gym. I don't match every like I'm okay with just being human right, a lot right. of times. And what I find is that the people that relate to me, sometimes they relate to the success, but there's a subset of people that relate to like the failures right. or the superhuman side where it's like, yeah, I'm a developer. Yeah, I got like certain things going on for me. But then I might share something like hey, a contract I paid two weeks ago, $13,000 through a wire. He ain't show up yet. Mm. And I'm nervous about that. Right. And then those people be like, man, you went through that too. I went through that at the same <laughs> time. And I'll be like, 
Bruh, please I don't send no wires. Better. I think um, on, on, on screen, on camera, you know, from you think about us as children, when we saw something on the television, they were characters, but we yeah. just were so sucked into their role. Yeah. We believed Martin was Martin, Gina was Gina, <laughs> exactly. Pam was Pam, right? Um, Cole and Tommy. So whenever you saw them in a different uh, movie, it was kind of weird. Yeah. Like for me, it was always hard to adjust because it's like, how you go from being a tough guy in this movie and now so you're a comedian. Yeah, and it's yes. just like, eh, it's kind of hard to accept. So I think that's how it is on social media. They see us on these the, the screen. Yeah. And you're now a character. It's entertainment. We're all entertainers and don't even realize it, especially when your audience is building and growing. You right. have to tap into entertainment, which is why when you go live, I had to tell a, a friend of mine, I said, when you go live, start talking right away. Because some people go live and they'd be like, we're just waiting for people to come in. And I'm like, no, go right <laughs> away because it's entertainment. What's going to make yeah. people want to go in and watch the videos? They see you as perfect, especially if someone's mm -hmm. following you. This is now you're setting the bar high for them to be like, right. this is who I want to be. And if you're only showing your good, your happy days, yeah. you're smiling, no tears. I made money. I made money. I made money. It's like applying pressure on the, the person that's viewing you, that's following you. Mm. And I saw the only reason why I wrote this book, and it was very quick. Um, it's about as thick as yours. Um, Twitch from the Ellen show. He okay. committed suicide. He was the DJ. He was the dancer. Right. You, oh, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I went on his page and I was trying to figure out, like, why did he off himself? Why did mm -hmm. he do that? Beautiful wife. They danced together. She was pregnant. They had beautiful children. Everything going well was going well for him. Then I went to the Ellen show and I looked at her videos and there was one video where they were saying their goodbyes. And he said, this was my escape. I love to hear he broke down and cried. Whatever he was battling. Yeah. That was his source. That was his outlet. Right. Everything's perfect. And I'm sure he never exposed any of the bad because I couldn't find anything on social yeah. media. But they said that night he left his wife, went to a hotel, killed himself. The dark side is what we hide. Mm -hmm. The ugly is what we hide. The mistakes, because everybody looks to you to be perfect. And you have to live, you have to maintain that because of the character that yeah. now you're playing. You're no longer yourself. Well, I'm new to Instagram. I'm new oh, to social you? media. Don't get yeah. sucked in, please. <laughs> so... I don't even do that. I didn't know that I had to be some perfect character. <laughs> That's how it is. So I don't do that. And I I didn't spend a lot of time watching social media. You so, didn't during the pandemic? On the lockdown? No, I was watching like YouTube, Netflix mm, series, okay. um, just whatever. But right. it wasn't on social media because I don't think I had. Um, no, nah, I didn't have an Instagram page on social media. Probably oh. only a year and a half on social media. And I oh, got 17, wow. probably 18,000 followers. Which is pretty wow. cool. I pride myself, and it may, this may be a way to for me to like not even play in that field because I kind of made my social media all about teaching, educating on real estate and land bank properties. So you came in with a different purpose because anyone that came in straight from college or MySpace, right? You came to entertain, to be attractive, appealing. No, that ain't. You came. That ain't my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not my lane. <laughs> right, right, right. Because I don't want to. And a lot, a lot of my branding, I wear the same T-shirts. They're right. different colors, but it's like I'm not even trying to be fly or fresh right. or like this super. Right handsome gorgeous model because on a regular day like i'm wearing a t-shirt i run i'm wearing shorts and probably socks and old track sneakers every day that's right. like how i really am so when i thought about branding on the internet or like my appearance 
It was like, man, I'll be wearing the same shirt every. I'm just gonna, gonna, gonna go with my brand. I'm not even gonna try to change. You know how hard it is to do, wear something different every time you appear on Instagram. I know how hard it is. What I'm I couldn't compete. I'm like, God, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'll but, be in like, you know, impoverished neighborhoods and vacant properties. I don't want to turn the camera on and be like, let me change my let shirt change, or whatever. Yeah. Nah. So yeah. I just rather just more so branded stuff and um. And I didn't really play in that space. And part of just what we do is more like we're visionaries because we take these ugly, vacant, abandoned properties and make them pretty. Right. So I'm okay with looking like I'm starting at the bottom. It kind of kind of goes along with the brand. Right, 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 right. Yep. Well, that's good you started off that way because I can I'll say that I, I didn't. So I came in brainwashed. Oh, as, really? As a teenager coming into okay. you know tapping into social media. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, my adult age where I was like, I have to reprogram myself. So yeah, that's, you, you were blessed to come in when you did and with that mindset. So I, I am constantly shifting my mindset to remind (laughs) myself. Like I'm human. You could just, yeah, like I'm human. You can wear the same thing sometimes, right? want to, why not? Yeah. I think it's changing (laughs) though. I think being, like I said, people. That should be a challenge. I might wear the same dress for a week. People are relating. <laughs> people are relating more to adversity right. and the human side than the character now, right. because now we're growing up. We're knowing those characters aren't real, right? Right. So right. even actors sometimes, like you, just assign Day Day with Day Day. You might see him in the street and be like Day Day, and he's like, oh, "My name is such and such. I'm not Day Day from you know Friday or whatever." And it's right. like, "Oh shoot!" Like they're real people. Or Martin. Or Gina or whatever, right? Right, right, right. So yeah, we're getting better at that, and we're changing and growing as a as a people and as a culture. Well, on the flip side, here's what I will say: the character definitely forced me to be mature very quickly. So, for example, if Queenella the brand, because the mm-hmm. character brand is one that isn't messy, she doesn't swear. You won't find her drunk or laying up in somebody's bed that she shouldn't be in a room with or you won't hear her speaking too much about politics or certain things because Queen Ella is super positive. It kind of forces me to be positive as much as I possibly Mm -hmm. can because I can't go in there talking negatively. I can't be singing certain songs about snatching somebody's man and things like that and now I have no interest for it. Not saying that I ever did but it just keeps you in line with the brand, with the character and then at some point you become that. You get what I'm saying? Mm. So on a positive note, if it's someone that you want to be to to better yourself. Right. And you have this this idea, like this character, people um, I'm trying to think like Kirk Franklin. Right. If you ever saw Kirk Franklin smoke smoking weed, you probably be like, no, he's <laughs> going to hell. He's a fraud. Right. When he cursed out his son, yeah, so I, uh, I don't. I think said I heard you, that. No, I heard think I heard that. it. I heard it. Everybody was like, "What? He is not a man of God." But it's yeah. like he's human. He's a human right. being. Yeah. So like, if he has a meltdown, or if his son is being the right. way he, he gets is, angry, he gets, and, yeah, he gets angry just like we all do, right? But we don't make exceptions for that because of your role. But I'm sure Kirk Franklin wants to curse people out often, but he can't because. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> He for, it forces you to respect the brand because you can't come out a certain way because, you know, you have to maintain, you got to be consistent with that message. Right. So I respect it, but it has its pros and cons. So be who you want to be. Be who you want to be until and that's transform who you are. Until, yeah. the, until that's who you are. Until that's who you are. So I'll be wanting to curse out first my son. I'll be wanting to curse him <laughs> out. 
And I'll be wanting to curse out contractors. Too. Okay. Okay. Right. Do you ever want to curse out a contractor? I like to just so me now before I need help yes with this. <laughs> me before I dealt with a contractor who fixed up. I just purchased mm-hmm. my first home mm-hmm. um, in 2018, and it took him about two three months to to work on the property. And yes, I did FHA. Mm-hmm. Um, I did FHA and had an FHA loan, so FHA will come. They'll send somebody to rob by your house to make sure you're in that house within 30 days for right. those that don't know. So um, I remember getting a letter saying it looks like it's a flip. And I, and I had to respond to call them and respond and say, no, they're just working on the home. I was getting yeah. my siding done, my floor is done, and we're doing, um, they were painting the house. But it was taking them so long to do the work, we couldn't mm-hmm. move in. So this contractor, believe it or not, I went downstairs because <laughs> he was like scraping a paint or whatever. Right. But when I went in my kitchen was paint on all of the countertops, like footmarks on the sink. And I'm like, so this man was standing in my sink. And it was no. Yes. And I'm like, you standing in my sink. Right. Yes. And and for me, it was just like, you know, the, the cleaning crew that he claimed was going to come in and clean up the, yeah. the apartment. I mean, the house after him. I'm looking at the mop she's using, and it looks like she just mopped up my yard. Right. <laughs> like, she's not trying to use that same mop. She used the same sink. mop oh. in my house. And I'm like, yeah. the mop it, the mop is filthy. But I just went to check in and see what was going on. <laughs> and it was just a mess. It was yeah, just a mess. So yeah. I went downstairs after paying him, and I was just like, you got to go. You have to go. I didn't curse. I don't want it to so bad. But I respect Man. my eldest. He had his dad with him. So I was just like, you just got to go. You got to go. So me, I know how to kind of calm down i gotta learn that i just can't I look at get, you if i look at you it just it'll come out the, it'll wrong, come way. Out come the out wrong way the right way but the wrong way yeah i, I have gotta to look learn. away i think i'm gonna do like a compilation of uh of like contractors violating <laughs> contractors right y'all be violating yeah they do y'all have to stop violating yeah. this is my plea Please stop violating. Y'all should not be standing in her sink yes. when she's going to cook food for her and her family. That's just wrong. Right. Stand on the side of the sink. Honestly. Or put the plastic in the sink. Yeah, something as simple as something. that. All right, contractors, I want y'all to stop violating. They don't wrong. care. They don't live there. They just want to get it done. They violate time. They violate money. They violate deadline. They will straight look you in your eye and tell you this will be done by a certain date. And, exactly and they yeah. violate it. <laughs> Not to mention, please check behind them for commits because they claim they're pulling yeah, out commits yeah. to get work done. And then they take off. And when you're ready to sell, you're getting a notice, you know, yeah. like, oh, you did this without a permit. This was done incorrectly. You got to tear it down and redo it. You can't really put everything, all your faith and trust in in a contractor because they have insurance, they have good reviews online, because mm-hmm. you might be the one that they screw over. I'm going to start having contractors on here, and I'm telling everybody oh. right now, <laughs> contractors, when y'all come on here, I'm going to get y'all. We're going to pay contractors back <laughs> for every time they did us dirty. I'm going to start having contractors. <laughs> I'm going to start having contractors on hand. I'm going to get them. I'm definitely turning into I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them for all of us. I'm right? definitely I'm going to just get them for all of I'm like, so why the screws be? Why y'all be ordering extra material? <laughs> why y'all be doing three or four jobs and then. Using your car to buy materials for the correct. other job. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why y'all be saying y'all going to finish at a certain time and y'all mm-hmm. never finish? Yeah. Why don't y'all ever finish a job completely? Why be 10% left that y'all don't... I'm Bring one of the contractors you had an issue with. That would be a great conversation. That should be on your to-do list. That would be a, a contractor great... that I had an issue with? Mm-hmm. 
You want to go live and discuss it? People hear your side of the story and they'll hear mine. Right. That would be a good one. I wish. I'm, that's a good idea. We that's gonna, a good one. Come in soon. They're going to expose you too. Look, if there's anything. Well, you ain't paying me like no, I wanted to. I'll be paying. I'll be buying lunch. I'll be oh, overpaying. Wow. I'll be tipping. They be counting my pockets. Wow. They be counting my tenants. They be looking at my cars, how I dress, how I pay, right. and they be taxing. Wow. So we're gonna come to we're gonna we're gonna get like at least like eight people. We're gonna do live studio yeah. audience. And I'm gonna get them and we just gonna kill a contract. We just gonna be we gonna boom, boom. Have an audience. We're gonna have a, a, a like a, a penalty button that's you just so like crazy. violation. That they be, be violating. I'm t- I'm tired of them. I'm tired of hearing about it. It's right. just a common thing that we all go through. Right. That I notice people don't talk about a lot also. Right. Like they show the beginning of the project, we're breaking ground, right? They show it's being built or a closing table, and then they show the end product. They don't show the fight with the contractors. They don't right. show the missed deadlines, the, viol- the code violations they got, the permits that wasn't pulled, and all the other stuff that goes on in between. So we want to start to really highlight and be more human about our approach to developing. Absolutely, you should. They should so, be about it. Let me ask you this. How did you get into real estate? <clears throat> so um, everyone that knows me know that the story I had, um, we started to look for a house. A guy I was with at the time, he thought, you know, queen, why don't you go get your license? Because I did not like any realtor that was representing us. Mm-hmm. Why is that? They... I would give them my pre-approval, pre-approval, and they put me wherever they wanted me to go, yes. no matter what direction I gave. And um, even the contract that was sent over to us to review and sign, the pressure was there. Come on, highest investors in the hour. I need you to hurry up. Did you right. see it? Did you sign it? Sign it, sign it. Generic. And it was just like, sir, we never had a real consultation. I didn't even know what consultation was a part of the process yeah. until I became a realtor. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I thought there was something special about the realtor that did consultations. I didn't think that it was uh, a thing that everyone should be doing because I had several realtors prior to becoming a realtor and learned that that was one of the steps, you know, that you would want to do with the client. So never had a consultation, never went over what the contract looks like. Mm-hmm. So that pressure, I hate to be misguided or feel right. like I'm being misguided, um, or going into anything blindly. So I went and got my license. And then a month later, we purchased a home. So that's how I got into real estate. And then when I saw... Because you saw like a void in the process of how it works. So you're like, let me get my own license. And then I could sift through and find what I actually want to live in and buy it. Yeah. So I represented myself. I represented myself. And then after making a down payment on the house... And then getting a commission check. And I was like, commission check and down payment looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, wow, I should do this more often. Okay. And then I was like, but I'm going to be the best that ever did it because I know where they the fell inside. short. I'm right. going to, right. I'm right. going to make sure Solve I do it the problem. right way. Yes. Yes. So um, my first year, I did 18 deals, um, had 18 closings, didn't know much about real estate. I was winging mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I know the basics, but they don't teach you much in school. Right. I learned a lot from my peers in the office. So anybody that's new, I would encourage you to stay in the office and just pick up stories okay. because I would repeat those stories as, as if they were my own. Mm. So if someone had an oil tank issue, 
I be at an open house, like we want to do an oil team sweep because my last client, we had right. an issue and boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, oh my God, you know so much about it. I'm like, yeah, I do. Knew nothing. Storytelling <laughs> is huge. Storytelling is huge, but it, you got to have the gift of gab and people have to really believe yeah. what you're saying. You think you have the gift of gab? I think so. That, that separates you. I that think, makes you I think I so many levels higher than other people. Right, right, right. But I'm not giving out, like, my, my the information that I give out, it's not inaccurate. But it's not to say that I know from experience. I know from my teachings. Okay. That's it. But I will make you believe. <laughs> it's just it's just a gift, maybe like a relatable storytelling gift, right? Mm-hmm. So someone who isn't gifted may not want to share that story or may not tell that story in a way that gets the person at ease because there's an issue with the tank. Right, 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 right. right, right. The gift of gab is like, I, I see you got an issue. Let me tell you about a story who, who of someone who had that issue and how they got around it. And right. how I, me, myself, I thought like I would never buy that house. Right. But once I understood how it's just like you just get a new tank and you can get it insured and there's a tank insurance company where you'll never have to go through this again. And look, you never have to worry about it because you just got a brand new one. And they were super happy. Right. And then it's like, you know what? That's not that bad. See if they'll meet me in the middle and then we can close the deal. Right. right? right, Somebody who can't do that. We'll just be like, yeah, so they have to fix the tank before we can sell the house. Exactly. You, you done sold it already. I already have. Yeah. And, and that's important <laughs> to, so if you could put yourself in someone else's shoes in a situation, and then if you can reassure them that they'll be okay, or right. just lay out the pros and cons. I don't like to make, I don't like to lead anyone Yeah, and I don't like to um, uh, make decisions. Right. So I will give you the pros and cons. Now, if you do this, it might work out, but you know, so as a realtor, I feel like we get ourselves in a lot of trouble, especially now. I'm not calling on okay. anybody right now, but there's somebody I know for a fact. Um, <laughs> you're going to lose your license because if you think about a shortage of inventory, there's a shortage of checks being written out. Okay. Okay. But there's still a lot of realtors in the market than, than need, you know, need be. Yeah. So realtors are not getting paid like they used to. A lot of realtors are complaining. Mm. So to keep the money coming in to maintain your lifestyle, what are you going to do? You're trying to get to the closing table by any means necessary. I am not that woman. I am not. Right. For me, I will advise my clients to wait. And I've done that. I actually posted something last night because I got a text and she was like, you did above and beyond. She waited almost a year before she made her purchase. Really? But now the purchase, the property has 65000 more in equity just mm-hmm. waiting. You know what just that waiting. That made her trust you. Oh, yeah. Versus the person who's saying... Buy the house now. What do they say? Buy the house, marry the rate. I don't yeah. do that. You know exactly what yeah. I, I don't know the term. What do they say? They say date, date, date the, the rate, date the marry rate, the marry house, the house, date, date the, the rate. rate. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. bogus. Because, and, and, and to my argument, like, well, and most of, I'm sure you agree, I may not be able to refi. Like, what if okay. my credit changes? All right. My debt and everything changes. I won't be able <sighs> to refi. Or what if I decide to refi? During the time where the rates went up, so now I'm I'm jammed up. I'm stuck with this property I really can't yeah. afford. Offer that a go year. down, right? Yeah. Especially if you if you thought, well, yes, I don't. So that's not my space. I land bank properties. We create that inventory for realtors. Right. That's what we do. I'm not on the realtor side. I love it though. I'm so intrigued by like the realtor side of it, the sales side of it, the buying, the selling. 
Um, we have people on the show that do high-end luxury real estate, okay. that do rentals, sales. It's so interesting. It, it's it's just a beat. It's like a totally different beast, right? So now I think you say in shortage of inventory, and we've all heard that. But I've never thought like, all right, there's so many realtors. That means there's a shortage of closings. There's a shortage of checks on your in your world, yes. right? In the realtor world. Yes. So that's that's very interesting. That's how I ended up doing short sales and going after homes that are being foreclosed on because I had to pivot. To create some. Create. Right. Because I don't have the guts to tell someone to purchase a home, to mm. waive appraisals, waive inspections, yeah. because I... I build relationships with my clients, right. right? So when the deal is done, we're still going. You can still call me. We're, we're, most of my clients are from Instagram. Okay. All right? I don't Ooh. want anyone in my DMs or in my <laughs> comments like, don't work with Queen. Queen told me to wave appraisal. Said I got to move. Right. <laughs> she forced this on me. She told me, don't yeah. worry about the yeah. oil tank. You know, it's it's underground and secure. Don't worry about it. But I I found later that there's, right. it's contaminated and I had to pay 100K <laughs> for it. I don't want anybody to 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 have... My name is Queen Ella. How many Queen Ellas you know? Zero. My name is everything. Yeah. So when my name is mentioned, I, I want the best to come out of your mouth. I want right. you to, right. to say, trust that girl. Go with her. I feel like, you know... Um, anything, any bad news is going to travel a lot quicker than it would if I did a good deed. So yeah, for me, I tell my clients all the time, think twice before you say, I'm going to go work with another realtor because that realtor that's telling you go, go, go. It may be for their own interest. They may have commission breath and they want to just, you know what I'm saying? Get the deal done. (laughs) Commission breath. I never heard of that. Commission breath, bro. I love this real estate side. I love that side of like the real estate world because it's so interesting. Right. There's so many angles and dynamics of it. Right. There's people that are ethical that want to get people in the right homes. Right. And then maybe their second home and then maybe their dream home. Or what do they call it? Your final house, your final home, like the house you want to like live your forever home, forever home. home, Right. And there's so many aspects to it that I really I really like I just love it. And your non-traditional way of making money in real estate is what? My books. Your books, my books, my shirts and um, events, of course. Okay. Oh, real estate events. That is dope. Right. That is dope. Right. Aside from the way that you got into it, too. Right. Some people, they may like grow up wanting to be a realtor. They may have friends and family. Your interest came out of. I can do someone's job better than they're doing it because <laughs> I don't like how I feel. I can make buyers who are interested in buying homes feel better. And then that was your entry point. Right. So anybody <clears throat> that is like, okay, I'm trying to figure out where do I get in? Where do I fit in? What I always do is, is there a need? I mean, yeah. think of a need. Okay. So in real estate, there's a need for this. Okay. Let me just be myself because everybody's stiff. Everybody's yeah. real estate pictures like this. <laughs> Y'all right. got the best headshots. Isn't Y'all got so- <laughs> model actress headshots like right. crazy. So model just a head and it's a side profile and a little pink in the back. I'm like, I'm going to be a model. Like yeah. use one of my model photos as my, my, uh, my Yours picture. Yours is different. Yeah. Mine is different. Um, and then too, it's like when I do my open houses, I had a DJ at my open house, cater mm-hmm. food, right? Yeah. Something a little different. So you kind of my open house is like a party. It's like, wait, you know, you feel already at home. Okay. Yeah. Depending on where we are, I would switch up the, the style of music. Makes but sense. yeah, for me, it was just like, okay, there's a need. 
let me make that happen. And for me, nice. I felt like there was a need, you know, COVID was over. We're all outside and everybody mm-hmm. knows everybody was going to networking events. I was finally. like, okay, finally, right? Everybody's outside and it just, but when they were outside and going to these networking events, I noticed that every no one was being educated or there weren't really much of um, like any matchmaking. Right. Everybody was just getting drunk. They were drinking a lot, eating, dancing. That's it was a, a whole other thing. Y'all be networking and par- y'all network slash party. Party. <clears throat> and y'all call it networking. And it's not networking. And when I go, I'll be like, why, the every- why is everybody drinking so much? Why is everybody Why is it open bar? Why is it open bar every <laughs> event? Like, why is it sponsored and just like a party? And I, I couldn't figure it out. Think about the sponsors. I will look at the sponsors. It would be three title agents, a room of only like 200, 300 people. Banks. Why yeah. do we have three of the same profession? Yeah. And no one's walking <clears throat> to your table, right? So I was like, okay. So I have to cater to the audience. I want to cater to the speakers because the speakers are frustrated trying to speak to people that are drunk. Oh, my goodness. The sponsors are getting annoyed <laughs> because they're like, I'm I'm being overlooked because my table is in the back and no one's oh. coming. No one's really interested in me, and I'm title X, title Z is here, and title Y is here too. So yes. my events, I don't call them my sponsors. I call them my partners. Can we pause for a second for my sponsorship? No, okay. but I have to tell you, I'm going to tell you as soon as I come back from sponsorship. Okay. About a real estate event, a realtor through a real estate event, and she asked me to speak. Okay. And they didn't turn the music down. They no. didn't. Um, everybody was still talking. <laughs> no. And I was like, wait, I'm not. No, I don't know if like these people want to hear what I have to say. They're in real estate. They sell real estate. Um, but I think this is more like a party. She yeah. was like, no, 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 just go speak. <laughs> and I did it anyway. But it was the shortest presentation I have ever done. And in my mind, I'm like. I'll never speak at a network at a yeah, real real estate thing. rooftop networking event in the summertime in New York City. I'm like, that's not my crowd. <laughs> and it's not even that it's not your crowd. Here's what I always suggest. If you're gonna serve mm-hmm. alcohol, it should be after the presentations. It was just and a party. give this the 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 well, I call them my partners. Like last year in October when I did it, yeah. if we were getting ready to talk we had a hard money panel, I had the hard money lender open up for the hard money plan all yeah. right so i'm going to introduce the hard money lender he came up gave his bill and then we went into to that panel when we talked about title um you know uh, how to protect yourself and why investors need to run a search have the title agent open up for them right. so you're part of the program mm-hmm. and then afterwards after party that's why he lived in mm-hmm. jersey let's go because I I, i'm gonna lose you I'm going to lose you if everyone's drinking. You know what I mean? Let and me then there's this. a separate... Uh, well, what y'all be going through? No. <laughs> in the tri-state area for realtors, brokers, um, everybody involved. Y'all make a lot of money. It's a, it's intricate. It's diverse. It's a lot going on. A lot of moving parts to closing a deal. I didn't know how hard it was right, to get people at the closing table and close those deals. That's when I understood why y'all drink so much and why y'all party so hard at y'all networking event. But it's, that's why I say don't call it a networking event. <laughs> they call it a networking event. Don't call She's it a like, networking event. I can't wait event. to get you to speak. Of. I can't wait to have you speak at my next event. 
I'm like, yeah, um, you want right. me to do the next one? She's like, no, 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 you'll be fine. I'm like, this ain't really my crowd. They know yeah. about Lambert. She's so like, no, see, no, no, you'll be fine. You'll see. If you if you attend one of my events, you'll see. it's Everyone's with their past. Like, we're going to have classroom style this October. We're, we're, we're coming just, to learn. I got to figure out. I got to do a little bit more vetting on these. On yeah, these that's what it is. I'm not doing hot, beautiful, sunny day. Summertime rooftop on the on the ninety eighty ninth floor with drinks and a bunch of people that just closed the deal that's coming to the bar anyway. No, you'll get their attention the first hour, right? Once they start oh, after it, that, okay, you should be opening up with that. And then after a while, like you know, after an hour, then they can yeah. go out and do their thing. It's just gonna turn up. Yeah, because um, it only goes to, up. Shout out to uh, Curtis. He does the uh, NYREM New York Real Estate Mixer. I think that's the, those are the mm-hmm. acronyms, the words for them. And um, it's the same way. So everyone comes in. It's like 200 people in a room. And he has the sponsors or speakers. They speak yeah. for a good two, three minutes each. And that's like the first hour. And then afterwards, everyone's drinking. And then they're networking. Amongst it don't be networking. It does not be networking. It be fun. Yeah, you with the wrong Look, ones. You New with York the wrong City, ones. tri-state area. Look, when they say networking, <laughs> they mean party. They mean party. <laughs> to everybody watching, to my audience, my beloved Lambertine <laughs> audience, if you go to a real estate networking event in New York City and it's on a rooftop bar with, with open bar, <laughs> go there to party. It's not networking. The networking is like Saturdays and Sundays at their um, open houses and things like. Go there to network. Don't go to no open bar to network. It don't go down like that in the city, especially on a rooftop in the summertime. I don't know. Now Tell the winter time, I gotta go to some other. All right, so give me Curtis because think about triple play. Give me Curtis information. I'll give I'm you Curtis go to information. Curtis just to learn. Let's go. It's September twentieth. Let's go next week. I'll show you. I think I'm here. All right, let's I go. Travel. I think I'll be here. Let's go. All right, I'll let me give you. my sponsorship where there's no alcohol involved and there's no um, uh, party. Some of them parties be wild. They be good parties. Now I know if I want to go party, I'm looking up real estate networking. Man, listen, and, and I'm gonna the, go party. the last one I went to and I said, I'm not doing it ever again. Girl jumped into the pool. And came out, and now you're like I can see through your dress because you're exactly. wet. And I was just like, oh, this is so tacky and embarrassing. I gotta go. It's just no difference between New York City nightlife, um, yeah. rooftop party, and real estate networking. Even throwing a whole sponsored by such and such, it be the same <laughs> thing to me. It means the same thing to me now in my mind. It means the same. You gotta go through right. the right one. Let me go to my alcohol less sponsorship <laughs> right now. Unsoldland.org. Unsoldland.org is your one-stop shop for everything land. Typically, they have land in the South. But what I like about Unsoldland.org is that they do a lot of the research for you. When you look at a property, you're going to see Google Earth. You're going to see Google Maps. You're going to see Street View. You're going to probably see county records on there as well. So it does all of the pre-work for you when it comes to buying land. They go as far as showing um, things nearby like restaurants, hotels, and um, um, things to do in the area. So I really like unsoldland.org for the level of research that they do. And I'm proud to have them as sponsorships on the Land Bank show. The second sponsor, Star Homes. This is your one-stop shop for everything. Tiny home, modular home, mobile home, and uh, manufactured home as well. My guy, Adam, is a really good friend of mine. We've done a lot of business together. 
And they, they, they did not say no when I asked them to do sponsorship for the land bank team because they are like our preferred vendor. So you buy the land on the land bank team from, or you go from to unsoldland.org and then you go directly to Star Homes to see Adam. He's going to help you develop that land. Now, no alcohol <laughs> sponsorship, alcohol free sponsorship. <laughs> all right. So that's how you got in. Now, we met at a podcast, yeah. right? At another podcast, which was like dope. I love podcasts. I love learning, right? And that's where I really learned about you, really started to dig into what you do. Mm-hmm. What made you decide that you wanted to show, to throw real estate events and not only just share what you have to offer, but share what everybody has to offer? So, um, there was a, a friend of mine. I remember being on the phone with him. Shout out to to Irv. We haven't spoken in a while, but he was somebody that I would speak to quite often. And he said to me, um, you know, Queen, you know, keep your foot, keep your foot on the pedal. Don't let up. Don't let up. Keep your foot on the gas. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was during mm-hmm. the time that I was just doing lives on, on Instagram. And I remember breaking down and crying because I just felt like it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Right. I felt, you know. It was a lot of things that were happening online. We were seeing a lot of murders. We were talking about racial, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to get too political, but you know what I mean? Things were happening okay. that we, we weren't okay with yes. as people of color, right? And it was very, like, troubling, you know, to my spirit. And I felt like I have to do more. So that is when I wanted to start. Uh, I was working with um, Valerie. She's with Beauty for, Beauty for Ashes, where she helps battered women, drug abusers, homeless um, uh, individuals. So I got involved with that and I started to assist her and it wasn't enough. So my lives weren't enough. Doing real estate wasn't enough Mm -hmm. and uh, assisting her just wasn't enough. And I'm just like, okay, what do I do? Like, what is it that I need? Because why do I feel so empty? Right. And Deontay, this was, was it last year? It was last year over the summer she reached out to me and was like, Queen, I want you to um, speak at my event. And then uh, when I when I arrived, she was like, we want you to moderate because I guess she had a long lineup. So I was like, OK, no problem. And when I got on stage and we started to, to you know, run the show, it was in that moment where I realized, OK, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Because mm. I had it was so much joy that came from that being able to help people like when someone can like think about church, you go inside of a church. And then you should walk away. Not, you yes. know, don't leave the same way you came. Let me and ask I, you this question. Yeah, go ahead. Did I speak at that event? Yeah, he did. He did. Same event. Same event. So we did that. <laughs> Why didn't you? No, you were the last one. I, I remember. I, son, I remember. Right? Yeah. Talk. So why I thought I just met you? Life is so interesting. Why I thought I just met you? Life is very, this is weird. Life is very interesting. It's, it's the city is small. The tri-state area is small. People that develop is small. It's a small handful of us, right? You see the same people. Well, how weird is it that now the three of us are in the room together again? Well, that it is weird. Is it right? It, and it's like it, full like, circle. Just past that time too. That one year mark just passed. Full circle. That is weird. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I lie. That is weird. So. All this time I'm that talking to a, someone new, and it's someone that I've known for a year. And you moderated. I moderated, so yeah. yeah. So 
Think about Damn. everyone that was in that room when I started to converse with them, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, this is something that I could do because what she's doing, like whether she knows it or not, the fact that it changed me, it made me believe that myself more. Wanted to do more, right? And then talking to everyone else, and they were like, I got all this information. And I feel like I can now make my life better, and I could do this. I got my kids, and I'm trying to get them set up, and I'm like. That's what I'm supposed to be doing because mm. I don't want anything that's going to like when I was helping the woman beauty for ashes, I felt like I'm giving out, you know, uh, clothes to this homeless person. But this outfit is not going to last you long. You're going right. to need another outfit soon. Yep. I'm giving out a canned good, but this is not going to hold you for the rest of your life. Exactly. Right. But these events where you are able to give out the tools, the resources. Right. And it's up to you whether you apply it. Mm-hmm. If you apply it, it can change your life forever. And I was Absolutely. like, this is it. Okay. So I started doing events. So why haven't, why haven't I been invited to do an event? <laughs> now I can just go well, act like, now I can act like we got years in. Like, why, right you, right why I'm not on this channel? <laughs> and you know what's funny? That was an early event, but that, that speaking engagement went well. Like so many people came up to me. I got land bank team members. Um, one individual I remember specifically, it was an older woman who's in Newark. Um, and she like had issues with real estate. She couldn't find deals and she joined the land bank team. So I just automatically associate her with that event. Yeah, a lot of magic <clears throat> happened in that room. And then y'all have people that worked at the land bank there too, who is on the land bank team now, which we talk about like full circle. There's so so much positivity came out of that event. So I'm going to charge you with the task. Uh, <laughs> you saw me speak live in person. You verse. saw me too. Killed the room. You saw me too. I'm talking about they came up to me. I yeah, felt kind of like, oh, shoot. I'm looking at my son like, yo, you see this, right? right. <laughs> because the information, when I say, you know, it's one thing when you go to a, a an event such as that. And everything is all fluff. It's just like motivation. Yeah. Like motivational speaking. You can, I can do it. You can steps. do it. You can do it. You can yeah, you were actually given deliverables. Like you had your deliverables, your, your yeah. action items. Like do this, yeah. and you should see a change. And you may not be able to take in all this information, but if you could just at least take one of these things yep. that I mentioned and apply it, you're going to see a change. And I was like, "This is what I want. I want change." I want right. Change. That's how I teach too. I pride myself on teaching. Like when I speak to somebody, right. I almost be wanting them. When I speak, I almost want people to go in their phones and look these sites up and right. save them, screenshot them, screenshot my presentation because I want people to leave feeling like I saw this guy do this. He told me about it, but it's in my phone now. Right, like, right. like he just put it in my pocket. If I don't want to change, I, I it's like hard not to because right. you want to open your phone. You got to look at the site that's showing you houses for a thousand dollars. Right. You had a real estate event. You know you want it, right? right? right you right. might not want the risk. You sometimes also, too, developing can be intimidating, right? We hear people with 300 doors, 500 units, yeah. and all of this stuff. So my approach is like, I want y'all to just get in the game. I just want y'all to smell it. Start to taste a little bit of real estate. Like you, like you said, you got that. You paid your down payment, so your account went down. Then you got that commission check. And you was like, ooh, I got something here, right? So I really want like that impact where yeah. people just get in. Right. Just get one rent and security. And a lot of times people think I got to spend this money to renovate a land bank property. And then I'm going to get checks at $900, $1,000, $1,200. But the reality of it is that renovation part, on if you like do it the right way, mm-hmm. 
can that it don't have to be that hard if you have the information on how to do it safely. Right. And then when you get those checks, that rent and security, it'd be feeling so good. It's right, like you right, open right, the doors right. to a new business. Right. So I really focus like just just get in. Just go buy a property at a thousand. And go how spend many people two, three you think you've helped since we we last saw each other in our in the course of a year? Um easily four hundred. Wow. Like I know factually. You gotta go up to each bio. Factually four hundred. <laughs> four hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Sheesh. Easily. We don't um and, and then, and then Land Bank team Land Bank team mem- a year and a half. Not even a wow. year. Probably fourteen months so far. And the first couple of months I totally sucked at it. Well, okay, so how did you get into it? Because someone had to bring you in. You didn't just wake up and was So I was doing yeah, I was doing business with um a coach in another business and we just started doing business together. And then he was like, yo, how'd you get all this money to start your business? And I'm like, oh, I buy vacant properties. Oh, so you were an <laughs> investor before you start the land bank team. Yeah. So I was in real estate for 20 years in New York City. I okay. graduated college, bought a house like right away with me and two of my friends. Okay. And um, I've just been an entrepreneur my entire life. I did spend some time in corporate America. I went and killed it, dominated. But it's something about me seeing people, um, seeing companies make a lot of money, me being paid a lot of money. My mind is wired to be like, if you're paying me four hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, like how much did you guys make? Right, right from a from a, a corporate perspective, and I did all the work. So it's I did. like I don't want to be the guy that's <clears throat> right in the back of the check. I want to be the guy that's right in the front. Exactly, they make it more. Exactly, right. So um, I had a I started a business, and I, I was just doing well. But this guy was on the internet, and he's teaching the business. Right. So he's like, "Hey, bro, like." You killing it and you helped me so much. So last week he actually gave me um this is gonna come out soon on social media, but he actually gave me a tenth he gave me an award for like a seven-figure earner award mm. because he taught me how to teach and coach online and he helped me create the land bank team. Wow. He's like, you need to do it this way. So where you don't just tell them where to buy, but you need to like keep them with you, right. hold their hand all the way through. They want to get more, like, so what? They're on your team, bro. Like, teach them how to buy more. You got seven on one block. You got four on another block. You got 300 Ds. You're like, just teach so it to them. So you recruit. So, okay. So the, the 400 mm-hmm. families mm-hmm. or individuals that you've helped. Well, I say yeah. families because it's really, right? Yeah, families. and then I teach. My concept was when I started to create generational wealth, not debt. So this branding you might not recognize but if i show you my other stuff it was like is generational wealth and then there's a line going through the debt uh meaning like not debt so if you saw that that's my older branding you probably would have recognized me from that event yeah 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 (laughs) and that concept was more so like we're doing real estate the wrong way by taking on all this debt especially during those times too right by buying these huge portfolios Doing the bird strategy, the bird strategy is kind of like dead now. You don't really hear people talking about it as much as we used to. So I was the first. I was like, yo, the bird strategy sucks. Y'all doing it wrong. Especially if you got kids and you're trying to hand down a portfolio, you taking all the money out the property. Like, what are we doing? I'm going to hand this to my son with with like $10,000 equity. Like, really? If something Mm -hmm. happens, he's selling it. He's not. different perspective. He's not renovating. It's more like a real true um concept to where like you're not thinking about yourself you're thinking about your kids you know how you said you don't want to give the guy 
a can of soup or a can of food and it's like how long is that going to last so yeah. my concept was i i could run up 15 properties in new york and pull all the money out and what am i handing down i'm handing down my kids property with no equity that's true they ain't working as hard as me they're not built like me right. so when something happens they selling the property. They selling it pennies on the dollar. Hey, I don't I don't have $45,000. Oh, I'm not paying $45,000 to fix that roof or the furnace or, you know, some apartment that tenants junked up, they lose the property. Mm. So I kind of created like, all right, we got to stop pulling that money out of our properties because we really taking it away from our kids. That's, That's our kids' money. Right. And then we have to buy real estate that we can afford because statistics show like um, a lot of properties are in foreclosure. Like there's an alarming foreclosure rate in the tri-state area, in America, in fact, right? And then a lot of them are at risk of being in foreclosure as well. So it's like, well, how could I set my kids up in a way that they don't struggle and they don't have to deal with the stuff of rates, foreclosure, um, capital expenditures to an extent, and all the negatives that happen with real estate. It was like, I got to get them portfolios where there's no debt attached. Well, it's deeper than the, than that. Um, mm -hmm. We had a uh, an event at the Brooklyn Bank. Shout out to mm -hmm. Drew Bernard. He, he let us host an event there in July. And a woman stood up and said, listen, I'm not really here to be an investor. I'm not even, I had any, no interest, you know, but my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. She left behind six properties and I don't know what to do with it. You know, and she said, you know, I get phone calls and people contact me all the time trying to buy it. I don't know anything about real estate, exactly. but here it is. Now you can label me an investor because I have a portfolio of six properties. Right. So it's not only I don't want to transfer debt, but I don't want to transfer ignorance. Like you don't, of course. you don't even know the process. So a lot of us, we go into business and we're not educating our children. We're not telling them yeah. this is how you manage a portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, who was it? Um, oh, is it Jeezy? He was talking about who's who's with Russell Simmons' daughter, Young Jock. I don't know. I don't know none of them. But he he was I on. Uh, I think it was EYL. They interviewed him, and he said he purchased all of his properties outright cash. Yeah. So no mortgage, and he went on about his his business, mm -hmm. not knowing you have to pay property taxes until he. Oh, so he he has part of the concept, but he wasn't educated exactly. on taxes and insurance and things like. Right, and he said. If I did not put money, if I did not have money, emergency money off to, to the, the side, side yeah. when they came to me saying you owe back taxes and he wasn't in a position to pay it, he would have lost all of his properties. Yeah. So a lot of people, they just they don't know. Like we inherit certain things we know nothing about. So yeah. that education piece, I feel like it, it is. is very important. It's extremely important. But what I think is more important is that they're not heavy properties to carry. Right. right. If he has if if my kids have to worry about tenants paying rent and making a mortgage and they're in their own lives and they're just passed down this portfolio, it sort of serves as an interruption as it is. Mm -hmm. Right. It's an interruption to their lives as it is like, oh, I got to manage my dad's portfolio. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and then it's like, hey, this mortgage got to be paid. This got to be paid. This got to be paid. This this one made money. This one cash flowed this month. These three didn't. So now you either got to come out your pocket or you got to take money from one property to pay the others. And they're already in their respective fields right. of whatever they feel like doing. Right. They're right. passionate about it kind of becomes a burden. And what I've found is so some of my friends like I, I'm in real estate very heavy. Some do um, 
wholesaling and they celebrate no knock to wholesalers, but they celebrate wrestling properties at pennies on the dollar from motivated sellers. Mm. The motivation for people that are inheriting properties, right, is like, I don't want the headache. I want to get rid of them. Right. So they make a ton of money. They get them undervalued. So I was, I always would just picture like, if I give heavy properties that are heavily leveraged and I pulled all the money out, are they really going to keep them, run their life and my portfolio at the same time? So with that being said, do you think, so for those that are pulling out the equity, just to quickly buy more um, properties, because, you know, if you're doing this in your 30s, it may work out over time. Like mm-hmm. if you live to see 50, 60 years old and you don't you pull equity out one time. Right. You could possibly yeah. see your appreciation and, and be pleased with the result. Think about how the children are today where they don't want to inherit your property. How many properties go That's up for sale? That's a whole sale? other thing. Right. How many properties go up for sale? My mom and dad's house already have one my own. I don't want this headache. Exactly. Right. So exactly. I guess it would work out for some to do the bird strategy where they're pulling that. So here's out. the concept. So here, here's a, the back end of my concept. Have them debt free, run and operated by a management company. Mm-hmm. Right. So. There's no debt attached. So it's never going to cost you any money. Right. Right. Inheriting my portfolio. It's only going to pay you. You're not going to have to manage the properties. You're not going to have to go. You ain't going to have to. Like, I hate going to the Midwest. Yeah. Okay. So it's just my concept. I don't like going to um, places where you got to carry guns. Mm. We live in New York. Right. Right. Um, We live very comfortably and safe in New York. Right. Um, when I got to go to, to like go to these properties and, and it's unsafe neighborhoods that underdeveloped neighborhoods, right? right. The vacant property. I got to have a gun. Mm-hmm. I got to worry about coming home. This is just what's in my mind as a developer yeah. going to these places, right? I live really good in New York. I live a nice life in New York. So now I got to go into this war mindset <laughs> going there, <laughs> right? Know who's gonna open that door I don't know. There, and it's all been they good. Not, ready. Nothing's ever happened. Right. Everything has always been peachy clean and perfect for, not perfect, but you know, it's been really nice. It's a nice journey for me. And when you do, when you renovate in underdeveloped neighbors, they appreciate you. Right. But it's just the mindset of like carrying guns, right? right? It's the norm there, right? But uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for, you, yeah. for me, in all honesty, of being transparent. I don't want to have to deal with stuff like that. And people don't talk about to this. come back home. Nah, they don't talk about. I've this. never heard that because me, I, I would hate to carry a gun. I went to the shooting range. The gun range in uh, uh in Union, yeah. and I was like, "Can we leave?" <laughs> right, I'm not oh, yeah, claiming to be not, super like you know, yeah, I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm like a guy that, that manages that. a way to live well. But yeah. the reality of it is, I want to come home to where it's nice and cool and comfortable. Right, I got right. two houses, one in downtown Brooklyn. I jog in the park, right? I'm a runner. Uh, I I eat uh, what is it? Brown eggs. <laughs> the last thing you want to have is a gun on you. Oh, uh, don't you? Yeah, a bottle of water, yeah, so, bar, but so, that's about it. Right? Like it's just me personally. It's not my thing. Not your thing. It's not. It's not the spaces that I want right, to be right, in. Right, right, right. So when I think about investing, when I think about handing that portfolio, it's like everything's going to be aligned. To where they don't have to go. And I don't have to go. I love that go. concept then. Yeah, that works. So when people, sometimes people be asking me like, hey, um, you know, when you going back out to your properties? When are you going to do another um, shadow day? And all that? I'd be like, man, all the rents are paid. I'm cool. I, I ain't going out there like that. <laughs> no offense. Right. I will renovate a neighborhood. Right. But having to go 
and just be in a mix of all of that stuff. And then you have stuff happens to like the wrong people sometimes in those neighborhoods. So I don't love going. I love contribution. I love contributing. I love renovating. I love revitalizing. Um, We're doing communities right now. We're focusing on um, Birmingham. Birmingham's like the next market to turn. Okay. So we're focusing there. We put a lot of emphasis and a lot of change in Michigan, in the Detroit market. Like we really did like hella work over there. So, so, so you're throughout the U.S. This is, or are you there's only 250 wanna... land banks throughout the country? Mm. We have developed or purchased. I'ma just say like 12. When, just an when did the land bank start and with who? I, I've never really dived into that. Land banks have been around for a while. There's 250 really? of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like I'll give you like the most popular five. Um. There's the, the Detroit Land Bank because it's really easy to buy from. Okay. You just go online right now. So for Quinella's audience, buildingdetroit.org, you can just go there. There's two ways to buy property, own it now and auction. They both run simultaneously, but you can just buy properties there. Um, sight unseen. I'm just got to have an ID and buy them. Um, and no blight, not a no, no history of blight uh, tickets in that area. Okay. So if you did, you just clean it up and you can buy. So there's buildingdetroit.org. That's in Detroit. There's the Muncie, Indiana Land Bank. They sell land starting at $300. Wow. As low as $300. It's wow. crazy. Yeah. Um, closer to home, there's the Wilmington, Delaware Land Bank. Okay. How far is Wilmington from you? I wouldn't know. But Del- Delaware, I'm thinking like maybe an hour, two hours yeah. tops. So they have two programs. They have a program called the Homestead Program where they, I know Homestead, yeah. they still sell houses for a dollar there. Um, okay. it, but you have to plan to live there. You have to like have That's an like agreement Nork, to live Nork there. Does, Nork has the one dollar program too. Mm-hmm. You got to be a resident. And well, they I'm say a, it's not income based, but I think it I'm is. I'm going to touch on that in a second. <laughs> I think that's like that. <laughs> so we got where I think Deontay says she had a hand in this um, land bank itself, Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. Kansas City Land Bank, you can actually go buy or you do your application in person over the counter <laughs> for Kansas City. Right, right, in, right there on the spot. Right there on the spot. There's a there's a time period where they tell you yes or no if you get if you're gonna get it or not. Yeah. But you actually go in person and submit your application. Wow. Which is super cool. And I'll give one more for your audience. Um, just who doesn't know, Birmingham Land Bank. Okay. The Birmingham Land Bank, I really like. Uh, you do your application. There's a waiting period, but there's like a set amount for uh, for the properties. So those are like five popular land banks. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty cool. Like you get to buy, you get to create your own inventory for land bank properties. So like, is it, these are like board members with different chapters? Like mm-hmm. how does no, that no, work? No. This system, this All right, so program. Here. So here, land bank land banks are government entities right. that are in place to change problem properties into properties of productive use according to community goals. Right. So they're going to a, a community. To- Some communities they only want people that are going to live in the properties okay. because they tend to take care of their properties better than other than investors. Right. So I'm in New York. I travel the world, right? So if there's an issue with a property, I might not hear about it for like three, four days later and I might not get to it. So they're like, no, we don't want investors. We want people that's actually going to live there. Some areas, let's just say like Michigan, for example, 
They just want the neighborhoods clean. They want the vacant properties occupied, period. They don't care. So those you can just go buy right away. You can buy on your cell phone. Other places like, nah, we got to make sure they live in there. We got to make sure that they're going to be taking out the garbage. It ain't going to be like left. Um, it's not investor style. It's more so like occupied to where that has the best interest of the community. Um, so each land bank has its own qualifications, but it's really based around the goals of what the community dictates. But I'm sure they all want you to have the project done within a certain period of time. Yeah. So some land banks you will probably give you, lose the property. Some land banks will give you six months. Some will give you a year. Some will give you longer. Uh, oh, okay. Let's just say I think it's Sydney. Kansas City is three years. I believe three years to get the deed. So you have three years. You have to like abide by their rules, renovate it and stay there for three years or just work out something with them. Oh, so they will hold the deed even when you complete the job. They're going to be on it with you. They hold a small interest. They'll be on it with you. Until you complete the work, and then they'll just give it to you on it. Okay, right. so once the work is completed, then you don't have to wait three years. You Correct. Can get it that's okay. called. But they the, give you up to three years. That's called the release of interest. They're gotcha. releasing their interest and giving you got the, it, the got paperwork it. for. It. Yeah, I've heard Land Bank never cared to really. You know what it is when it's too good to be true. <laughs> so for me, I was just like, here's mm, here's what I find. Too good to be true, here's maybe. what I find. It's not that it's too good to be true when people hear that low dollar amount, they mm-hmm. think it's the properties that nobody wants, right. right? Like those are the houses that nobody wants. Right. Then there's a negative connotation with land banks that they want to take your property back. Yes. So you feel like you might put in $20,000 worth of work, your contractor walks off the job, the land bank comes right after, inspects and says, oh, you didn't get this done and they take the house. They take the home, right? Um, none of those are true. Okay. So in reality, we'll go with the contractors and the land bank first. They don't want to take your properties back. They want you to finish the properties. No one on my team or no one that I've ever come across that I've helped has had a property taken away from them. The land banks will support all of your efforts if you're showing progress. Mm -hmm. They take them back if you don't do anything, right? Rightfully so, because you're not serving the community's um, goals by renovating. If you're showing progress, um, you can have, and this is a land bank that gives you one year. You can stretch to like two years and some change of what I've experienced right now to where a house got, um, there was like a flood in the property and the guy lost like um, his mechanicals, right? Mm. The furnace, everything. Yeah, it it, it was just trash. Yeah. It set him back. But he showed proof. He showed receipts. He showed contractor agreements. He has no issues. As long as you work, they give you a compliance officer. Right. As long as you work and you communicate with your compliance officer, they're not interested in taking the house back because it doesn't solve a problem. It doesn't. Right. 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 Um, as far as the requirements and things like that, here's why I got into land bank properties and I didn't run away from them. So the negative connotation or association was they're going to overly inspect. They're going to make sure that you do everything with the permit department. They're going to make you pull permits. They're going to make you do your rough and plumbing and then come see. And then they're going to make you do your final. They're going to walk in. And I always said to myself, like, I'm going to do that stuff anyway. So what <laughs> am right. I? Like, I'm not a contractor. I hire them. I want somebody. I want an extra set of eyes on to the be, contractors yeah. right. to make sure, like, it's being done right. Right. They're like, nah, Charles, you got to spend a certain amount of money. You have to do it this way. You got to do inspections and everything. And I'm like, that don't sound that bad. 
Because if I ever wanted to sell a property, now I got a whole booklet of saying, hey, this was done and it was done. This is the contract. It's warranted. It was inspected by the city and inspected by the I landlord. Know. Right? And now I'm coming with a whole book. Good, good investment here. Yeah, it wasn't right. the, the downside of what I heard wasn't yeah. that bad. Right. And then not just me being like a nerd. I read like every single word they ever wrote about their compliance and how it works, the ins and outs of it. And it really wasn't that bad. So this isn't a good fit for anyone that wants to cut corners and do a lipstick job and want to quickly get in and out of situations. You're actually putting a lot of love and care into your investments. So you're okay with it's, it. It's like, yeah, I want it to be done right anyway. Right. I want it done right anyway. But it, it I'm okay with it scaring those people away. But <laughs> you, you can. <laughs> and, and I think this book is called Hacking Land Bank Properties, right? Right. You really only have to do the things that they're asking you to do. So I've gotten the release on properties where I didn't do, I didn't get to the three bedrooms upstairs. Mm -hmm. They only asked that we did the kitchen, the bathroom, windows, doors, and the mechanicals. So if, if they really just took the time to read and educate themselves on land banks, it'd probably be a good fit for those guys because they could just go and do the six things and get out and they own the property. Like it just turns out like that. But, and that's what makes me different. Yeah. I just do the I just do the work. Like I just go the wrong way. All right. So back to you. You you went from moderating events. Yes. Right? Which now I remember so Which clearly. Crazy. You moderated crazy. In, a, in a speaking engagement I did mm-hmm. to saying this is what I want to do. This is like my purpose. Because you can now like spread and share so much more interest and right. information. Right. Right. You got like a killer lineup, <laughs> right? You got you got Wallow, you got um, Jude who owns the Brooklyn Bank. You got just a killer lineup, right? Right, and just tell us about the event really quickly. So um, it's called Q4 Mastermind. So we're starting a quarter off mm-hmm. October seventh. It is not just focused on real estate, although we have developers, investors. Mm-hmm. It's more so a way to prepare you for the next year. And I'm looking at what is going on throughout the year because these are people that I've networked with in one way or another. And I, again, trying to figure out what the need is and how to um, meet those needs. Everyone is complaining about money, right? It's like, okay, Hmm. I I have a pre-approval and um, my buying power can't get me what I want. And then you have the investors that are like, well, how do I buy right? You know, and then you have those that are sitting in a, a home and they, they locked in a rate of one, two percent. They have all this equity, but they don't know what to do with it. So I said, OK, and then you have the, the, the others who they have none of the above and their credit is just it's, it's mm-hmm. messed up. Right? right. So I thought, OK, let me bring a bunch of professionals to speak to the minds and to the to the hearts of people that need this information and not for it to be like a motivational speech. Right. Although Wallow will be doing a motivational speech, Wallow's story, it's, to me, is just most impressive. It is. It's powerful. A man that did 20 years and came home running in front of the camera in the rain, constantly yelling at a screen, and now he's a millionaire. Now he's making all of this right. money. He has a clothing line that he's just launched. Um, he, I think it's water, like a, uh, his own water line or something like that. I forget. I don't know if it's juice. Or what, but he's always drinking it and saying support. But he has so many things going for him. And the reason why I admire Wallow is because I have a cousin that just did time and he came home 
And it's unfortunate those that, you know, they do the time, they come home and they don't know how to be citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in the streets most of their lives. And to come home and to fill out a job application, first of all, to even keep up with technology, because that wasn't the case. Yeah, you got to readjust. Right. So it was like the world of technology. I don't know how to keep up, you know, like FaceTime me. Well, how? What what, what buttons do you press? Right. But these individuals, they are familiar with the streets and doing things their way to now work somewhere and have someone above them telling them what to do. And then making whatever minimum wage when they was making what they make in a a week, nine to five, they were making in a day. Wallow needs to speak to that group. Yeah. All right. So that has nothing to do with real estate. That has everything to do with shifting the mindset of those that feel like I have nothing left to give. And most men, their lives, they lead to destruction, more destruction, because it's all I know and I know it works. Right. And then you have Jew Bernard. Jew Bernard is, uh, he doesn't know how powerful he is. You know, he's the owner of the Brooklyn Bank. He does a lot of finance. He has a financial literacy program where he educates a lot of uh, students yeah. in the city of uh, Brooklyn. We live we live close close to each other. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm in Prospect Lefferts Gardens. Okay. I don't know exactly his neighborhood, but every time I see him and we talk, we're close. Oh, he's really? He's like, yeah, man, bro, just hit me. Like, oh, no, he's, he's, he's such a kind man. Some of the cool. events like that, that he goes to... Mm-hmm. Like in our neighborhood, right. I might just miss. And I'll see you posted. I'm like, damn, I should have called her. <laughs> <laughs> He's really cool. I know you have Welby. Yes. Who so is we another have New Yorker who educates. Yeah. Absolutely. So Welby does a lot of his investments in Connecticut. Um, yeah. Then you have everyone else are developers. Like they, they go in and they build from the ground up. One of mm-hmm. them that is a developer, he's also a realtor. So, you know, we're going to be touching on things that I feel like everyone needs to hear right now. Nice. And it's, again, it's not going to be motivational speaking. It's going to be like you, you classroom style. The tables are going to be set up. The pads are going to be there. And it's, nice. it's, I'm like, open your minds and be ready to learn. Be ready to hear things from a different angle. But I don't want to be the yeah. one moderating. I want the audience to do that. Meaning, You're- you figured out a way to scale impact. Right. So when I speak, right, let's just say I speak to 100 people. There's a subset of people that I connect with that I'm going to be able to impact that are going to buy pro- that are going to like latch on or be inspired by what I just spoke about and what I just shared. But you found a way to almost cater to every person in the room without you speaking. Without you like that, that's like scaling like ridiculously. I love that idea. And that concept. So for me, it was queen. What are your needs? Queen, what is it that, you know, my experience going to events, where do, where can you make improvements? You mm-hmm. think about your, your best event that you attended. How can you improve that? And it's all in the experience. It's all in the experience. Again, like church, that's you won't smart. leave here like you came in Jesus name. so for me it's like i want to make sure that when people arrive i mean i want a dj i want there to be music um when when someone walks in welcome to q4 mastermind don't just say you can go inside that's right there no i want an experience you created something crazy i like it i like experience all right so i I, i'm gonna be traveling back from d-day but it's in newark I want to I want I want to see if I can make it there. Yeah, you I should. get back at like 12. What time does it start? It starts at doors open at 11, but the presentations the event will start will at go? 12. 12 until 4:15 and then from 4 till 6 it'll be networking. 
can I get an official invite? Can Absolutely. So I'm 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 gonna make it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to just change my flight to um flying to Newark. Okay. Because I leave at like ten. Birmingham, and then I'll just get here. I think it's yeah, like join or us. eleven. I think it's like four. It join us. lands at like twelve. I'm gonna try. I'm- I may throw the mic at you. To be honest, it's 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 not. We follow the program, but I'm I'm, I'm my, my roots are in the church. You'll okay. have a program, and then the pastor will be like, "Ah, oh, forget the program. We're gonna do things differently." Right. It takes so, its own leg sometimes. Right. So based on the energy and how people are responding, I may say throw away the whole program. You know what? So and so come here. Don't don't you have something you want to tell? Something just happened last night you told me about. I want you to tell everybody what happened. Nice. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know? All right. So, look, we're both at a point where we're impacting people. We're right. changing lives. Your event, I could tell you right now, is going to change somebody's life. It's going to change the trajectory of their life. And that's going to have this trickle-down effect to, like, the next generation. Absolutely. And could go a lot further. So, Kudos to you on that. I Thank love you. it. It's like, isn't it like the most, the most like impactful thing? It's, I, I can't think of the word, but it's like the most rewarding thing to impact someone's life, like an adult, because you know, it's going to carry on. Absolutely. So super rewarding. Absolutely. Tell me, and, and I love where you are too, with, with like marketing the event. I saw it like four or five times. I'm like, I wonder if she got time to come do the land bank show real quick. I wonder if she can squeeze me in there with everything she got going on. But tell me about a time where it wasn't like that, where it wasn't Queenella who's throwing this dope ass event. You're like headlining the event. You got all these powerhouses, right? Just looking at the flyer is intimidating. It's like, it is because you got like power. It's like your face. Then right. you got powerhouse real estate guy. Another set of powerhouse. Another right. all the way down. Right. Tell me about a time where it wasn't like that for you. So, um, well, I'll, I'll say this. Outside of Wallow, every man on there is Haitian. I, well, you know, another one is British. But for the most part, I have eight speakers. Of the eight, six are Haitian. Mm. Are you Haitian? I'm half Haitian. Half Haitian? Half Haitian. My dad is Haitian. My mom is American. Okay. So let me let me go a little deep without getting emotional on here. That I hated that side of me. There was a point in time that I hated that side of me because I didn't love my father. There's no um there's no program to the show. Okay. Just, so there's no program. We did the sponsors. You can say what you want. The sponsors have there was, turned it there off was by now. The side that I, I hated and then grew to love. Um I think a lot of us uh, with the childhood trauma, we blame our parents for things. And then when you become a parent, you realize like, wow, parenting is hard and um, we make mistakes and my mistakes may be different from yours. Maybe you could have been a better parent, but maybe that was all you knew, Mm -hmm. you know? So as I got older, I was able to then love my father, even his mistakes. Whether it was an I'm sorry, whether I got the I'm sorry or not, I was able to say, you know, this is who I'm going to love is the only father that I have. And it made me want to be I dated every Haitian, too. I didn't like him, but I like all of my life, life, I ended up with a Haitian. I even married one. Right. So like, although I couldn't stand the man at the time, that's all I wanted. Like that was the void I needed. I dated older men, too. It was like straight up daddy issues. Um, but I'm starting to love and wanting to know, uh, more about my culture and embrace it more because I realized a part of not knowing who I am and trying to find myself as I went through that, um, mm-hmm. process of just like 
you know, spending more time with me and, and, and having self-care and self-love and trying to really understand what that meant for me. I realized the reason why I never felt whole was because I never knew that side. Like I could never connect. If a mm-hmm. Haitian person come in and says, Sakha say, the most I can say is Nabalea. Like I couldn't really right. have a conversation. I couldn't tell you the struggles of my people because I never connected with them. You so didn't embrace the history or the culture. No, I tried to shy, like stay away from it because it reminded me of my father. It reminded me of who I was. So how did you date? So why did you choose? Was it your environment? It where wasn't the environment. Haitian men were just around? No. Or you sought them out? Per se? I think it was me programming myself to hate. But I, I loved because the only reason why I hated was because I loved. I wanted to receive something from someone that I okay. didn't get. And because I didn't get it, uh, when you think about um, intelligence, like uh, uh, emotional intelligence, you have to be able to label things correctly. Okay. So if I say I'm hurt, I may not be hurt. I may be abandoned. Feeling okay. abandonment is what makes me feel this hurt. Okay. Right? So it's it's deeper than just hurt. I feel abandoned. If my dad had stepped in at any point and loved me the way that I felt I needed to, then that would have gone away. That would have went away. But for some reason, having that void because I pushed him away, I replaced it with older men. I replaced it with Haitian men. I, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So this yeah. lineup is another way of me saying, like, just, y'all, there's other ways of looking at Haitian men. Like, they're entrepreneurs. They're, mm, that's deep. They're, they're, they're successful men. These are men right. on the lineup that are fathers. Like, they're right. taking care of their children. So I'm able to see Haitian men in a different light. Nice. If that makes that's any so sense. Yeah. That is so deep. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> that you're doing that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not Haitian, just so you know. Okay. So do I still get to speak? It's not this. You're good. I'm okay. No, I won't get thrown off or thrown off. I'll throw you on a flyer. I'm not not trying to hack you. I'll throw you. I'll throw. No, because I, I, you know, as I was driving here, because it's something I don't know. I'm sure there's many that don't know about the land bank team. I honestly yeah. wanted to talk to you after this to see how yeah. we can put something together right. to educate, you know, those that may not or want to know mm-hmm. more about it. So that's super interesting. Is your dad going to come? No, I was sending him an invitation, but I'm sure he won't. My dad is a very busy man. So I get a lot of, a lot of who I am is, is what my father is. So mm-hmm. I remind myself too of my father. Okay. <laughs> a cool. lot of my ways are like his, but yeah, I doubt. Is he going to see it? Oh yeah, for sure. He'll see it. My si- my siblings always pass the phone. Like, look what your daughter's doing, and he'll tell me he's excited okay. about. So he knows the magnitude that you're like. Oh yeah, he loves impacting it. people. And impacting he loves it. He loves it. Very interesting he story. I love that. Yeah, so it's deeper than you know. <sighs> I think that's the reason why I cling to men more than I do women because I'm I'm that's that's the void. That's mm-hmm. a void. And I'm an adult. I'm, I know I'm 36 years old and I should have it all together, but you don't have to have it all together. Just, I'm still no. figuring life out. I'm still figuring out ways to, you know, work on myself to build, to grow. Of course. And right now what I'm doing has been working for me. And again, that lineup was just special for me. This is probably a one and done situation, but even this year was my first time doing mm-hmm. a Haitian event in honor of Haitian Flag Day. And we right. honored um, a Haitian developer investor. So for me, this is the year of tapping into myself. And this is how I I'm love growing. it. I'm going to tell you something. Um, one way, like you said, to you said you want to grow. You want to get to know yourself. You want to just highlight individuals. 
that is one of the fastest ways to grow. Absolutely. Pouring into people, sowing those seeds to grow, right? Like you're going to, you, you are putting together an event that's highlighting Haitian men and how strong they are, how powerful they are, how intelligent they are, right. how successful they are, right? right. As, as in their professional world, as well as at home. Right. Right. Like, and they're great dads too. That's yeah. a lot of, of that needs to go, you know, and not just Haitian men, it goes deeper, just men of color. Right. So that needed to be highlighted as well. And nice. then too, to see a woman on the front line. Nah, it's powerful. It's powerful. <laughs> it's it's powerful. I was like, yeah, I don't know if she going to make it. I don't know what she doing over there, but I get it. But what's going to happen in turn, right? It's going to start to teach you and you are going to grow from it. Absolutely. You're going to grow from helping people. You're going to grow from that being your network. Right. Like the norms. And we talk about we talked about environment earlier. Yes. Right. Like where I started in my environment. Then when I went to college, it was a totally different environment that kind of shaped and changed. So just putting yourself around. How many speakers you got? Eight, eight, seven, eight successful, powerful minds, not even from a, a gender perspective, but just minds. Right. You're automatically going to grow. And then what you get back from sowing those seeds and teaching people and educating, it's just going to make you a better person. So I know that to be true because that's exactly what happened last year when I had MG, the mortgage guy and mm -hmm. had the credit due. That was my first event. OK. Um, while we was on the lineup as well. And. Mm -hmm. When the, after that event, Bobby was excited and wanted to do more. Mm -hmm. MG said to me, you know what? This, this made me think of when I used to do something. He said he used to host some type of class and he wanted yeah. to go back to that. And then I saw him hosting those same events throughout the year. So yeah. for me, it was like, you know, not only did they inspire me, I was able to inspire, inspire them. them. And then, of course, now their network. Mm -hmm. they saw me they yeah. noticed me and they're like who's that girl and now I have access to them and I said it online you know what I'm, I want to be in certain rooms in certain rooms I can't get in but my network have access get to you they have access to yeah. and by them going in and if they ever mention my name you know that's how I get into well, those doors it's doing the work yeah. The work that you're doing and the type of work, the the fact that it's targeted work, it's 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 um selfless work, right? Because you may not get anything from those people who listen to Jude, who listen to Welby, who go into development. It may never financially find its way back to you, but when you want something, having that network, having that intelligence, is it just comes to you. Yeah, right. And it comes to you like three, four, five times over. Absolutely. So that's what I've been experiencing all year. So I'm blessed. Yeah, it's, I'm it's happy. crazy. So yeah. So, I wouldn't yeah. have this lineup if it wasn't for my first event. So here, we gotta touch on some things because we're on a show. We just hanging out, but we this is just so <laughs> we gotta touch on some things. Um, what other ways do you impact? I know you you told me at one point you were teaching. Yes. Tell me about that real quick. So I did have a coaching program where mm -hmm. if you think about it, I was more like a performance coach. So I don't have mm -hmm. to know your industry to know how, you know, know your potential. Right. And how to push you to, to reach your highest potential. Um, I did that one on one session for about an hour and then it was draining for me because <laughs> it was like a nine to five. Right. Yeah. So if I had taught a group of people at a time, it would have been OK. But I realized it was like, OK, Queen, you have one scheduled at 9 a.m. So 10 p. I mean 10 a.m. So you have to 
being right. there during that time. Yeah. Okay, now you have another one at 11. So you only got a few, you know, you only got an hour to hurry up and respond to emails. And it was like, okay, I can't. There's no way <laughs> I can do this. I can't manage this. I need someone to come mm-hmm. in. Maybe I can shadow them and they show me how they get it done. But I, and then the passion wasn't really, I wasn't really passionate about it because it wasn't in person. The it was online. Like so it was just like, <clears throat> yeah, the connection wasn't there. And then too, you know, I, I, in doing that, I started to realize more that I needed to be on a stage and speaking to people. Mm, you so just I, felt it like, yeah, it was this more, wasn't it. yeah, this wasn't yeah. it. And, um, because I don't like, I don't like a dis- that being, you know, like a mm-hmm. wall separating mm-hmm. us. I need to be in person. I need to be able to touch your hand. I need to be able to pull you in and hug mm-hmm. you and tell mm-hmm. you I love you. Right. Um, so yeah, the, the screen just didn't work for me. But it went from... I like the screen, though. You like the screen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm super private as a person. Oh, that's If right. you can call me and be like, Charles, I bought a house. Like, when they call me, when team members call me and tell me they got they want a house, I feel like I just bought a house. Mm. I feel that excitement and that win. Yeah, but and that's it's, different it's than to be gratifying teaching. to me. The teaching part, though. Like, don't you want to take them to a house? And show them the land and you want to interact with them, meet them in person, meet the screen. I couldn't do that for too long. It just wasn't the same. And then I'm easily distracted because while I'm speaking to you, I have my phone that's going off like crazy. Yeah. So it's just, I, I like know. teaching. I like teaching, sharing. I love right. teaching. It's just impact. The impact is just so crazy for people that, like you said, even yourself, who's never heard of it. If you go buy a house tomorrow from one of those proper one of those sites that I told you, I'll be super like happy and proud for you. Right. It does it for me. It right. just does it. I don't I'm not like a stage guy. I mean, wow. I speak, but but because I like impact so much, speaking is easy. Public speaking is easy. I hear it's one of the hardest things or one of the most um, feared things. Most feared, yeah. It's Public easy speaking. for me because I know what's on the other end. Somebody's going to call me and say, hey, I looked at that site. Or somebody's going to come up to me and be like, hey, you know, I got two kids too and I wasn't sure how are they going to live in Newark. Now Newark, the rents in Newark are crazy, right? right? So it's like the impact that I know that's coming if I speak loud enough, tell my story, tell the pri- houses or the, the prices of the houses that I'm going to get that feedback back. So, so here's the, here's the difference between telling your story, telling people what to do, this is what you need to get done. You did a great job. I'm happy for you. Then, all right, last week you said you were going to do X, Y, and Z. Did you get them done? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm like your accountability partner. So it's yeah. like, oh, well, you didn't get it done last week. And last week's task, well, actually from two weeks ago, and here we are week four, you haven't accomplished anything. Yeah. So I was like, this is draining because I'm working with people. Yes, I'm getting paid to do it, but I'm working with people that are not applying the information that I gave to you. So for me, that was the draining part mm-hmm. because it's like I'm wasting time, although making money. Right. There's no joy because... There are no results. We're not, and you're telling me I had a bad day that day. Okay, well, I'd rather right. work with people and because the, the the joy I get out of it is to see results. When I don't see results, right. then I feel like this is we're both wasting each other's time. Right. It's not the money. It's like, it's dude, not. if you wasn't gonna do it, you right. should have just told me. So that's why I stopped because I said, you know what? I'd rather stand on stage or do a live, and mm. everyone gets the information, and whoever applies it, they apply it. 
But when I have to be your accountability partner and I have to discipline you in a sense, baby like, you. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to baby anyone. I have enough children. So here, here's what I do. <laughs> I use a success coach. Okay. <laughs> because I want everybody in my in my program to win because it's so easy to win. It's like don't come in here window shop. I want you to buy a property. Right. I want you to win a property. I want you to own a property. Um, I hired a success coach, Sydney. Um, Ashley is a success coach of mine, and I charge them with the task of making sure, like when I give homework, they do it. When I give the steps to buy, if you follow all three steps, now you go buy. And there's little touch points in. And then I do something like every every other month, I do like accountability Tuesdays. So I mentor on Tuesdays. And I will go through the list of everybody on that call. And I'm like, where are you with your project? Did right. you buy? Why didn't you buy? Right. You have the money? Yeah, I got the money. So why didn't you buy? I'm looking and I'll pull up some of the sites and be like, there's three houses right here. Did you do the research on these site on these houses? They'll be like, no. Um, um. And I'll be like, all right, look, you need to buy a property. Right. Like you came into the program. You wanted to accomplish X, Y, Z. You told me you got daughters that you got to look out for. Like, why didn't we buy? And right. then they'd be like, you know what, Charles, you're right. And they do it. So there's ways around it. I just like. You have, you have people in place to do the work that would bore you. <laughs> yes. Like you don't yes. want to. Yeah. And it's hard because similar to you. I want to work with people that want to win. Right. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to pull you to the finish right. line. I want to help you get to the finish line. I want you sprinting your fastest. And I'm like, all right, just put your arms this way. And it's you'll like get having 20 people on a wagon that you got to pull. No, let's have all 20 of us push this rock together. And get it. Not yeah. 20 on a wagon. And I got to pull y'all the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Like, come but it, on. It's just rewarding. I get it. I, I get want it. I results. I want results because even the events, if I felt like, you know, I could host events, right? I could host events. I could charge $300. I don't charge $300 for tickets, but I could charge $300 for tickets because in the end, I want to make money. I could mm -hmm. care less what information you get. Yeah. No, I want the experience. The information that is provided is something that is useful. And you saw the value in these events. Nice. So you come out next year. I don't got to worry about how often do you do them? So the Q4 mastermind, of course, is once a year, October, the first Saturday of October. Okay. We do women of diversity. That is the last Saturday of March. So this is last year was my first Q4. This would be my second. This year, women's of so diversity I, was my first. I got to wait a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. These are the two major events, one for women in March and then one for, I say men in October. Okay. In between, like this year has been 14 in total. In between, I'm just doing, if there's Haitian Flag Day, we're going to do one for Haitian Flag Day, okay. educational, but we also highlight a Haitian that is doing some numbers, nice. doing some 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 things. Um, and then we have um, politics and, and real estate. So I had the Senator mm. Troy uh, Singleton, who, who was on the lineup. Um, Troy is on the land bank team. Stop it. We had Troy the first me event, but Troy Singleton, really, Senator? Troy Troy, does he have a brother? I don't know. Troy Singleton? Yeah, he's a senator in um, Willingboro, I believe. I think that's his. He's in Willingboro. He does a lot of work in Willingboro. I'm going to show you his baby. We have a Troy Singleton from New Jersey on the land bank team. Nice. So, you know, so it could be him, could not be him. I'm going to say it could be. Could Will be. You could show not. me. I'll show you the. I'll, <laughs> it's, no, so it's on my page. He did a. a he did a four-minute testimonial. 
I'm like, like, dude, just answer these three questions. Like, and he did a four minute testimony. I'm like, I don't know if our people are gonna watch four minutes. <laughs> Plus, when he did it, he gave away the, the entire game, like oh. the entire sauce. I'm like, you just taught my course in four <laughs> minutes. Like, could you just answer like three questions? That it might could be him, could it not be him. him. It might have been him. That would be so interesting that we're, we're like super connected. Bro. I know, like like it's one scary. degree away. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But most of my events is it's based on whatever's happening. If it's um like in April, April is financial literacy month. All right. Uh Jew doesn't know, but I'm gonna ask him if he would be open to hosting an event then. And then for okay. you, I feel like it would be perfect to have and I, I don't mean you don't need any other speakers. And I feel yeah. like Jew doesn't either. Like you two can stand alone. The type of information that you guys carry, we need. Mm-hmm. Cool. There's a need. So yeah, it doesn't. We'll, it can yeah, we'll talk. More. We'll talk more <laughs> offline. Yeah. But um, anything. Oh, so tell people, audience, right? Tell them how to reach you if they want to tap into anything that you're doing. Tell them where to find you, how to reach you, how to tap into your okay, content. Do I, do I look in the camera? That's the um, camera over there. Hey everybody, my name is Queen Ella Gibson. As you already know, you can find me at Queenella underscore Realtor on Instagram. You can visit my website, QueenellaGibson.com for more information. You um, can visit Q4Mastermind.Eventbrite.com to purchase tickets to attend the Q4 Mastermind Wealth Mindset event um, happening October 7th, 11 a.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton, North Penn Station in the downtown North uh, district, you definitely want to be there. And I've been saying it lately that success favors the bold. So if you're bold enough to grab a ticket and be there, I'm sure you'll be successful. There's no reason why you're not once you attend that event. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> you are a speaker. Like, like, like we, we, it's going to be crazy. I can imagine. I, I see why you want to be on stage. You're amazed for it. Like, it works. I was watching, like, oh, wow. You're so, All right, so No, I was. I got drawn in. All right. So, here, I got to say this, and yeah. this just came to mind why everybody should tap into what you're doing. Why? I'm going to say why. Oh, you're going to. Okay. I'm going to tell the audience, Land Bank team members, as I close out this episode of the Land Bank show, Land Bank team members in our audience, tap into what Queen Ella is doing. And this is the number one reason why. Queens can make moves that kings can't. Mm. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> it's just a fact. Like it is what it is. You can That's do stuff that we can't do. You're just gifted and talented and blessed with like that ability. Right. So we think about like the most intellectual games and chess and things like that. Queens just have these powers like that kings just can't. They can't just make the moves that you can do. Like throwing that event that you got going on is crazy. I'm a nurturer. So you guys then take action. We nurture. I love it. All (laughs) right. That wraps up this episode of the Land Bank Show. Like, subscribe, follow, watch it on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, and every other place that they do podcasts. Thank you so much, Queen, for coming. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Please leave a review for this podcast and give it five stars. Also, follow on Instagram at Charles J. Noonan and share with others as we want to share these unique strategies with developers across the world.